welcome to the Sam Fan Club Podcast. I'm your host, Victoria L. Johnson, and I'm here with Ryan Lasala. He's the author of the young adult fantasy novel, Reverie, and the upcoming young adult rom-com novel, Bedazzled. He also is the co-host of the Celebrity Book Club Podcast and a Sailor Mercury truther. We'll get into that later. I'm super excited. Hey, Ryan. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited you're here. Yes, thank you for having me. Really, any chance to talk about Sailor Moon is... I mean, any conversation I have with anybody I try to navigate Sailor Moon into, but this can just be a conversation about Sailor Moon. Yeah, that's what I really love about it, too. It's like, you can just bring all the, like, excitement and, like, thoughts and feelings that you have about Sailor Moon and just be unashamed about it here. Yes, amazing. (laughs) I love it. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah. So, first question I like to ask everyone is, what's your first memory of watching Sailor Moon? Like many people, Toonami was like the the thing that brought Sailor Moon to me. But interestingly enough, I had sort of met Sailor Moon um, elsewhere in my life because my older cousin was also reading the the manga at the time and like knew about Sailor Moon and would like talk to me about it before I really even knew what like manga or Sailor Moon was because I was young. I was in like elementary school at the time. And so I, I saw it, but also already like kind of had an idea of it in my head. And it just created this idea that like, all things out there could be like it, right? Like, I was like, oh, it's one of those magical girl shows where girls transform. And I would race home after school, and I think it was at, like, 4 o'clock p.m., wherever I was for a long time. It was after Dragon Ball Z. And I would watch it, and then I would watch Reboot after. I don't know if anybody remembers Reboot, but that, that's what was on Toonami when I discovered Sailor Moon. And then, uh, yeah, I would spend the rest of my night dancing around in my living room, pretending to be the Sailor Scouts transforming. I love it. And I do remember Reboot. I used to watch that show, too. Um, yeah. I don't remember the characters' names, so I just remember, like, the look and, like, the blue. And yeah. If you want to, like, really trip random. out, yeah. just, like, like Google image it, and it will, it's, like, a full body memory to, like, just see it, because it was such a specific, like, aesthetic to that show. Um, yeah. And I, I've done that from time to time just to remind myself that it's real, because it seems to be just you and me that remember that. Yeah, no, it is definitely one of those shows that, like, have this kind of like it feels like a fever dream where it's like was that real like i feel that way about freakazoid sometimes too like is yes. this a thing? <laughs> oh my god yes freakazoid who got his magic powers from his cat stepping across his computer <laughs> i forgot about that i can't forget about it i'll never forget about that <laughs> that's great i mm-hmm. love it <laughs> yeah definitely a lot of nostalgia and fever dreaming there um so back to everyone, so when you were watching it, um, how did you feel? Like, what were you thinking? Oh, I loved it. I loved it. It was unlike anything else that I had really ever seen. And I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm, I'm queer and I was a really young queer person, um, just searching for like things that sort of had that like luster of, of queerness that I didn't know was queer, but like still could recognize. Right. And so like, I would look for it in everything and Sailor Moon just like had such an abundance of it and I would actually say probably like kind of calibrated all of my artistic sensibilities to like what I liked but yeah I just I I loved everything about it I loved that it was a show focused on girls that somehow became more powerful when they like put on like their like sexy sailor outfits the the transformation and the fact that they could sort of ease into this like liminal space where they would have these like highly choreographed beautifully animated transformations and these attacks and 
And also just like, I don't know, I mean, I was also a kid of Greek mythology. I feel like all like queer people loved Greek mythology growing <laughs> up. Like that also had like kind of the same luster. Mm-hmm. And so anything that was like astrological or sort of planetary in its organization was also deeply alluring to me. And also gemstones, like the like all of these things. I don't know if they were as a result of Sailor Moon or if they sort of all existed in me and then brought me to Sailor Moon, but they all just like activated such like a deep wonder in in why I, I love the show and um, why I was like deeply obsessed with it. It's still to this day, I would say, is probably the most like formative force, creative force outside of the things that I've actually produced myself that kind of controls like my imagination. Yeah, I feel this exact same way, especially with like astrology and astronomy. Uh I'm like, I love like the stars and I love like gemstones and like, you know, uh, astrology and stuff. And uh, and I'm like, is it because of Sailor Moon or was that always like just there? You know, you'll never know. I know. Chicken and egg. Yeah, I feel, I often Mm -hmm. feel like I like manifested Sailor Moon as like a kid because it so completely (laughs) fulfilled like so many different things that I wanted. And I'll never know. It's a, it is a chicken and egg situation. I'll never know if that's because of Sailor Moon and I sort of backed into these interests. But yeah, no, it was like my everything. To this day, it's like, I, I think about it all the time. If I'm like having a bad day or even if I'm just like unmotivated, I will literally pull up like transformation sequences and just like turn them on and have them in the background and it never fails to kind of like bring me back to myself. Yeah, no, absolutely. Same here. Mm-hmm. Um, have you had like any favorite episodes or standout moments? The standout moments that I think I watch again and again, I think the finale, right? Like that very final episode, the fight between um, Sailor Moon and Galaxia. I I always, always, always love returning to that. I don't know why. It's just such like a, well, I mean, I know why, because it's like a fantastic finale, at least in my opinion. And it brings me like such a rush watching that. And um also sort of deeply encapsulates like a ton of like the lessons of the show so i think of that a lot and i also think of all the time i'm thinking of um how we really did fish eye such a disservice <laughs> in the american dub um same thing with like zoe's site and all of the other like queer characters i i totally understand why like dubbing had to do what it did to them but to this day i just i don't know I'm excited to do my, like, annual rewatch of the show because I feel like I'm forever trying to, like, erase out the weird things that, like, the original dub did to them and and sort of replace it with something that's a little bit more true to the manga. But I think of those characters a lot. That and then the fight with, um, oh my god, I'm gonna get the names wrong. Um, It's fine. No judgment here. Yeah. Um, (laughs) the, okay, in the Black Moon Clan, the four sisters. uh, Oh, excuse. Well, okay, I'm gonna, I might do... There's Emerald, there's Cone. Yes, the there's Ka- Flash Cassie. Uh, Hold on. As- um, Ashikashi sisters or something like that. Oh yeah, Ayakashi, yeah. I think I think something yeah, something like that. Um mm-hmm. anyhow, that fight, like the fight between like the force inner scouts and like those girls, I love. I love it. I return I, I like watch that all the time. Yeah, I think I through this podcast I've kind of been like going back and I think that was the first time I kind of saw a villain turn like good mm-hmm. maybe well it may not have been but it's they, one of the yeah, first times like i a, remember that it's interesting that you say that because i think one of the main mm-hmm. things that i loved about the show was that i don't know if you like i'm sure other people have mentioned this but for me it was like really incredible to watch sailor moon not necessarily like vaporize people but to actually use like whatever her power was to kind of absolve them of 
their evil intentions and and turn them good and even actually even like the the people that she did like vaporize like right like the monsters of the week oftentimes turn to dust mm-hmm. in the japanese like the, as they're being like blown apart by like rainbows they're like beautiful and like <laughs> lovely and I, yeah, yeah. And i like i love that <laughs> like even in the face of like an impending death they're like let me compliment this girl's spunk. Like she's really got a glam factor going on here. And I, I love that. And then for the, um, the Spectre sisters is what I, I know them as. Cause that's what they were in like the English dub. Um, mm-hmm. for them. Yeah. They one by one are sort of like turned to the side of good. And, and they renounce like the black moon clan because of sailor moon. And I loved that. I thought that was the, the coolest thing ever. And so unlike really any other, kind of classic hero versus villain light versus dark narrative that i was seeing yeah no um this has come up like you know just sarah moon's compassion mm-hmm. and like how she always sees the good in others and mm-hmm. how it's just like such a great um i guess attribute to have for like a hero in a story like mm-hmm. we don't really see that in like a, a goku <laughs> right i know like freeze is yeah. not over here being like beautiful Right. Like the spirit bomb blows him up. Like, yeah, that just, it wasn't I, part of it. Right. Like, I too have good in me, Goku. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you wanted, in Dragon Ball Z, you wanted those guys dead. Because by that yeah. point, like, also in Dragon Ball Z, like, people had been killed by the time they got to right. the final battles. Like, the stakes, <laughs> a lot. The stakes were high. Uh, yeah. But no, I, I, I get it. But I love mm-hmm. the whole Sailor Moon thing. The compassion thing was was huge for me and definitely shaped kind of my idea of like what a hero could be and, mm-hmm. you know, how someone could sort of be a hero. And to this day, like, that sort of has informed like my approach to even like the fights that I get into with people. Like I am looking to bring them to the side of good rather than right. um, vanquish them. Or if I am going to vanquish them, I at least want them to know that I'm doing a lovely job. I love that approach. That is so true. It's like, I'm going to vanquish you, but I'm going to look really pretty while I do it. Yeah, it's going to be fucking beautiful. And a bunch right. of gay people are going to stand up and go, yes, queen. That's what I'm wanting. And say, lovely. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I read your, your tour article and I, I thought that was something I never thought of before. Just like them saying beautiful and lovely as they're getting like pul- pulverized or vaporized. Mm-hmm. And just like that, like even like in awe of her power or even like... Um, I forgot the word you mentioned. I think it was um, like they they kind of feel not at ease, but like like they're being exercised almost. It's like yeah, they're it's they're ab- kinda, it, yeah. what it is is it's it's absolution, right? Like mm-hmm. and in that article, so Tor had me write an article, and I'm sort of like I'm like famously known for adoring Sailor Moon. So when Tor approached me, they're like, "What do you want to write about? Do you want to write something about like Sailor Moon?" It had nothing to do with like the book I was promoting, but it is the thing that mm-hmm. I love most, and so I I jumped on the opportunity. And yeah, that article is all about like, I think it starts, it's like, it's, it's basically about how as a little kid, I used to like sit in church and instead of thinking about like Jesus or God, like the mm-hmm. Messiah, the thing that I thought of was Sailor Moon, but for a lot of, I think the same reasons that like people look to like spirituality and, and saviors, um, in part because Sailor Moon does embody like such a like deeply compassionate savior and sees the good in things and if you're like you know if you're a young queer kid sitting in church like you've been told time and time again that like you're the sin right like you are the thing that's Mm. rotten um and so you know approaching a jesus-like figure was not on my agenda but approaching sailor moon like you know a young girl who was messing up in a crybaby and danced around in ribbons but still saw the good in people like a much better figure in like my young adolescent mind and to this day like i 
I would put her in front of a kid well before I would put anything that's like <laughs> that's like biblical. I just think it's much better. Yeah, I mean, I I I get that totally. And it's funny because Sailor Moon's actually what made me like kind of understand like that part of the Bible. It's like, oh, that's what he's trying to do. It's Compassion. the closest. Yeah, it's like the closest I could <laughs> yeah. come to organized religion right. as Sailor Moon. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Yeah, I like it. Like clicked for me after I watched that that um um fight with Galaxia. I was like, oh, right. that's what the Bible's about. <laughs> Yeah, they, what they're yeah. Trying no, to, it's you know, it's a great mm-hmm. framework to to kind of work through that stuff. And yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's <laughs> so funny. Um, I'm pretty sure I know, but did you have a favorite Sailor Scout that you or Senshi? Yeah, I I go through phases. I really love all of them, but I need to stand up for ms amy mizuno sailor mercury i think that she is the most underrated sailor scout and i think it's like criminal what we have done as moonies to who i think should be a a more popular sailor scout i think she's the best and i think it's obvious that she should be more popular yeah i definitely agree with you especially like in my most recent rewatches like she Mm -hmm. really pulls her weight in this group like more than more very much so in, in so many ways, too. Like, this is if I go on too long, you need to shut me up about this. But, like, first oh, no. of all, like, she's she's Sailor Moon's first friend, right? Like, so she really mm-hmm. does represent, like, the tone of the team that is formed. Um, it is formed, you know, I guess out of destiny. But also, like, Sailor Moon sees her and befriends her as someone who's sort of an outcast and, you know, still interesting and still powerful in her own way. I love that. And it's just them for a little while. And I, like, love their teamwork. Also, like, she controls water, which I think is the coolest element. Also, like, the most available element. So, of all of the Sailor Scouts, like, she's the one that I would want to be paired with if I was, like, I don't know, exploring, like, a spooky mansion or doing any sort of adventure. Like, she's powerful. That is powerful. And, and her attacks span strategy. They span defense. They span offense. Like, she can do it all. And, uh, And she shows that range, right? Like, and she also has a supercomputer in her earring. Like, I don't know. The the the, the reasons are are profound and endless. And um, last but not least, she also has the most sensible footwear, aside from Sailor Moon herself. They both are actually wearing boots with, like, a sensible heel, rather than, like, I don't know, like, like Sailor Jupiter's Pumps. running around in, like, <laughs> wrestling shoes with heels on. Um, Mars has, like, a strappy sandal. It just, it makes no sense that they can fight. And then we've got, like, Sailor Mercury, who actually shows up prepared. I think she needs to be rewarded for that. You know, you were so right. Like, not only is she powerful, she's super strong and, like, a good partner. Like, team, like teamwork, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, you want, like, you would want her on your team. You're right. If I was in a haunted house, I would totally pick her first. Like, I think my first inclination would be Sailor Mars, but I feel like Sailor Mercury could figure it out. I think she could. I think that we mm-hmm. got to go with smarts. And I, I, mm-hmm. I don't know. This is like, <laughs> I would never fight with somebody and like, despair. I love, I really love all of those Sailor Scouts and I can find reasons yeah. to, to adore all of them. But mm-hmm. I just think that Sailor Mercury sort of, she always, I always see her like ranked last. And I just think it's so deeply unfair. And I think it's just because people are like, oh, whatever. She's like the nerd with like the shaggy bob. But we really forget about how powerful and good she is in the show. Yeah, I completely agree. She is definitely underrated. I am fully on board with the Sailor Mercury truther. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I, appreciate, I appreciate this. 
Oh, I love it. Yeah. No, uh, I love Sailor Murphy. And she has been getting love on this podcast. And I'm yeah, really I have noticed that. And I think that's because, yeah, yeah, your your interviews, they have taste and reason. Thank you. Yes. I try. Just <laughs> <laughs> bring the Sailor Moon compassion, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sets the tone. And yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. What about, and I, I actually, mm-hmm. I don't know if I know the answer to this. Who's your favorite? My favorite Sailor Moon, because I am semi-basic. Um, that's okay she's yeah. the best she's awesome she she is awesome yeah I just you know it's the same reasons like the the compassion her being kind of like this goofball and like who is like not perfect but also can like destroy you if she wants to and you know sees the good in others like I know all those things I don't know if that's at the time what I was feeling but like looking back like it's just stayed really consistent um over the years and just found new reasons to always love her because she's just I don't know. She's so, so precious and like funny and ridiculous, but also powerful. And I'm like, I want to be and am some of those things. I, I think that that's a really lovely and beautiful, like composite reasons to, to love Sailor Moon. I think a lot of people, at least when I was first getting into the show, like everyone's like, oh, she's the worst. Um, Cause she sort of is right. Like she is like mm-hmm. useless. And I think if you're like a kid looking for like, you know, like a fun action hero, you don't necessarily reach for her among the vast like you know there's many options in Sailor Moon of people to, to adore so yeah I can see why Sailor Moon like may not be at the top of the list but I've noticed that as people as Moonies get older they tend to appreciate her as a hero right like as a figure to sort of organize a story around uh I think she makes a ton of sense especially for what she's trying to do and I, I don't know part of that I think is because we start to learn more about like what it means to be compassionate what it means to be part of a team and those things make more sense as we get older yeah, and I think a lot of things that come up too is like the fact that she's fourteen. It's like maybe we should cut her a little bit more slack. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, she makes more sense yeah. as a yeah fourteen year olds. Mm-hmm. When you're younger than fourteen, fourteen year olds are annoying. When you're older right. than them, like they're still annoying, but you at least understand why because you've been there. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. So those are the reasons, and I do like. It's funny. It didn't bother me as much like her whininess when I was younger, but like when I was older and I was rewatching it, and I was just like, oh, this is pretty bad. But, oh, yeah, um, she, like, she does not want this job. Yeah, not at all. She's like, I did not sign up for this. I don't know why I'm here. Like, what are we doing? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, she she really got, she yeah. got a raw deal. She did. Like, not fun. That but, said, uh, at any point, if a cat pulled me aside on the street and was like, you're the moon princess, bitch, I'd be like, yes! Right? <laughs> I knew it! <laughs> Knowing all of that she went through, I'd still be like, sign me up. In Where do we start? In a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. <laughs> yeah. If only, if only to, to be given her, like, disguise transformation pen. Ooh. I lived for that thing. The, like, many devices she had, that was the thing that I wanted the most. Um, although the tiara was good, too. I used to practice mm-hmm. throwing a frisbee. I don't know if you remember. Do you remember the episode where to get into, like, private school, she had to throw a frisbee? Yeah. I loved that. And I was like, if ever the day comes... I need to know how to throw a frisbee. So I got really good at frisbee because of Sailor Moon. Oh my God. I love that so much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Cause she was like, I think she was just bad at everything. She was like, well, I can throw this frisbee all day. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I, and I wonder, was the Negaverse? I love the Negaverse too as like a concept. All of their like funny mm-hmm. ploys were incredible. But um, I do think that they were like, we'll get her via like i don't know a frisbee throwing contest or something like that i feel like that was part of i don't know and again like it might have been a fever dream it might have been a sailor moon episode from the 90s it's like so hard to know the difference but my memory is that like their their dastardly ploy was to set up a frisbee throwing contest to like 
only admit girls who could potentially be Sailor Moon to, like, a private etiquette school. That's my memory. If someone listening to this knows otherwise, like, you have to let me know. Um, no. But I'm, are... I'm happy to proceed with this delusion. You are absolutely right. I definitely remember that. Um, That's right. We watched that episode probably about a month ago. So mm-hmm. um, that was part of it. Like, And I think all of the things they were testing them on, they were like, oh, the moon princess is good at this and that. But of course, <laughs> like, Usagi's not good at all of the things, but the frisbee throwing was the only one she wasn't good at. That's so funny. I just love yeah. that. Yeah, the moon princess can throw a frisbee. Like, what a strange sentence, but one that is completely <laughs> factual in the world of Sailor Moon. Definitely. There are many things that are only factual in the world of Sarah. Yeah, no, I love it. Yeah, you could go on and on. It's great. I love it. I love the logic of that show more than anything. Yeah, same here. Same here. I was um, working around this tweet where I'm like, you know, talking about Promise of the Rose. It's like, if a guy isn't going off planet to get me the perfect flower and then getting possessed by said flower Mm -hmm. just to like... Oh, take me back i don't God. want it i don't want that yeah, it's not that it's, it's not it is not enough it's not enough <laughs> oh the promise God of the rose the even yeah. people who love sailor moon when i bring up the promise of the rose like they, like that always makes them a little fuzzy because like not everyone saw all the movies and like even mm-hmm. people who are like aware of how like funny and queer the show was without really knowing it are still surprised and i'm like oh yeah tuxedo mask has like a vindictive boyfriend who yeah. like goes off planet and gets a demonic like um what is it called like uh like a <laughs> what is it called like when you like a corsage basically <laughs> like right, a boutonniere yeah. he gets a demonic boutonniere <laughs> that like possesses him it's like a sexy lady with like her tits out coming out of a flower mm-hmm. that's like let's go destroy earth for gay love and then he like competes with sailor moon it's incredible like it's <laughs> i tell people this all the time that like sailor moon spends more time like you know, um, rescuing Tuxedo Mask than vice versa, and that's Absolutely. one of my favorite reversals, but that movie is literally, like, he is a damsel. And so has to go get him from yeah. space because his boyfriend <laughs> comes back. It's so good. It is so good. It sounds like a plot of, like, a bad sci-fi movie, but, like, it's so good. It's so good. It's so good. And also, the animation um, throughout that movie is just, oh, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the movies are, in general, really beautifully yeah. animated. Um, but that one in particular, I think about often. Yeah, same here. Especially when I came back out in theaters, I had such oh. a new um, reappreciation for it. Yeah, that must have been fun. So good. Yeah, yeah. I'm hoping they do the same with the other two eventually. Cause I wonder if they'll call it the Black Dream Hole. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> That whole movie was so funny. It's I, I think I didn't really understand it at the time, but now anytime it comes up, I giggle. That and when, uh, and when what is Sailor Bernie Moon's like, I am now Black, black. Lady. Oh my I, god, it's so funny and horrible. Oh, it's oh, it's so funny. And they what did I, yeah. what did they they like changed it though to like she wants a wicked lady. Yeah, wicked lady, mm-hmm. wicked lady. Yeah, I was like, that's the only good thing the dub people did yes. <laughs> changing that name because that was the only good decision they made in that writer's room oh, not the I, only one actually there was a few maybe you've Mark- seen this but when people take like the um you know like the performative activism of like twitter and just like how like white allies are sometimes just like so awful and co-opting mm-hmm. of like certain language and people will always respond with that clip of like <laughs> sailor <laughs> minimum being like i am black lady and then like yeah. and then luna p turns evil right next to her <laughs> and i i lose it every time someone responds with those it's just so perfect i've used that also for kim kardashian yes <laughs> yes <laughs> 
Oh, God. I know. So deeply, like, not the intent of what it is, but it's just so pitch perfect yeah. for a lot of these these things. It really is. Just repurposing Sailor Moon things for funny things on Twitter is, like, my favorite thing ever. Yeah. Please keep doing it. I, I find it hilarious. <laughs> I will keep trying. Yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of that, you have a Sailor Moon fan fiction, which I thought was really cool. <laughs> yes. Yes, I do. I love that. I... I forgot about this, and I've been thinking about, like, new installments for it recently. I actually, so, I didn't forget about it. I forgot that it was publicly accessible. Um, ah, I started oh, you have to it. dig for it. Yeah, you do have to dig for it. <laughs> well, I started it before I was a author. I started it when I was waiting for notes on a manuscript from, I think, my agent, just because, for the first time in my life, I needed to not be working on a book. I needed to be waiting for, for notes, and so I started other writing projects and I didn't want to start a new book and so I, I said well what have I always wanted to do and of course the unbidden answer was uh, I want to like write my way into these scenarios that I've always wondered about in the world of Sailor Moon that because it's an anime and sort of a serialized like weekly anime like they can't go into like full detail on these things but like as someone who's been a lifelong fan I've ruminated on a lot of these things for a really long time and I want a space to kind of talk about them and so thus the moon twilight flash fiction and flash fiction is like you know quick fiction um mm-hmm. so it's a pun as well but yeah that that's where that's where that came from <laughs> yeah i love the concept because like you said like there are things in sailor moon that i think about often but this is not one of them it's yeah. just like how will sailor saturn feel growing up knowing that her three moms tried to kill her at yes. some point in yes. her past life. Yeah, they <laughs> they had a concerted effort to like destroy right. her and she's going to find out about this, right? Like and actually she mm-hmm. does know about it because as it it it's sort of implied that like she's a kid until like the spirit of Saturn like reawakens her. But that mm-hmm. spirit of Saturn is the the very thing that they tried to kill. So she has now access to all of these memories of like the three moms that tried to raise her, trying to destroy her. Like, how do you how do you resolve that? What do you do with that feeling? So, yeah, that's that's one of the stories. Another one's, like, <laughs> my, like, victorious fanfiction of basically Sailor Mercury hunting down, I think, Udiel, like, one of the witches five, um, mm-hmm. who I think, like, she escapes or something like that. I forget what actually happens to her, but, um, but I wanted to write about, like, Sailor Mercury meets, like, Taken, with William Nielsen, which like she like she's like I have a very specific set of skills, and in this it's like she controls the 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 moisture in someone's body to like torture them, Ooh. um to like get answers out of them because that's something that she should be able to do. She's Sailor Mercury; she controls she's water, like and I yeah right yeah exactly. She like basically mm-hmm. blood bends, and um yeah. and I wanted to I wanted to write you know a vicious like code Mercury type of thing, and so yeah, it, I mean that it's sort of my playscape for a lot of. The thing, which is fan fiction for a lot of people, but yeah, it's like a playscape for a lot of the like things that you think about, but are ne- mm-hmm. not necessarily like canonized. Yeah, I love that so much. There's a, another um, a series I read um, where it follows kind of uh, Chibisa growing up oh. on the moon, like in um, you know the the next the silver silver moon. I'm trying to get things right now, but yeah, yeah, yeah in like in Neo Tokyo or whatever. Um, it is. And it's just like, oh, this is cool. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah, great. So That's like, great. This is yeah, so I cool. just like things. Yeah, things like that are. Yeah, I think Thanks. such a such an advantage to having like a an older um, 
like people who discovered Sailor Moon are now like a lot of like creative people in the field and are sort of returning to it mm-hmm. in really fun, cool ways like comics and art and stories or like influences and in, like the books that they're writing. Um, I love it. I really, I really love being able to like recognize like the Moony in somebody and then I like find their Twitter and of course they're obsessed with like Sailor Jupiter and I'm like, I fucking knew it. <laughs> I love that. Mm-hmm. That's so funny and semi-true. <laughs> but speaking of which, you are one of those creative people who have oh, grew you. up on Sailor Moon. You're welcome. It's true. Um, we have one book out, one book coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me about them. I did read Reverie. I have not read Bedazzled, obviously, because it's not out yet. <laughs> <laughs> if you said you had a, you're like, where did you get it? Um, Bedazzled does come ways. out soon. I don't. No. When are, I don't know when you're airing this. It may be out by the time people are, are listening to this. It will come out the day before it comes out, so you can get it tomorrow, guys. You can yes. order it now. Oh, please do. Yeah. And if you're listening to this. Um, and it's not yet January 5th, um, look me up on Twitter. I have a launch event that's sure to be something Sailor Moon themed. I'm sure will come up during it, too. But, uh, but yeah, so let's see. My books. Reverie. Reverie is a young adult novel. It's super gay. Uh, but it's about this young boy named Kane who's battling a, like, drag queen sorceress to rescue um, his town, but also his sister from, like, her clutches, because she's trying to basically use, like, dream energy to overwrite reality itself and sort of reform it in an image that flatters her. Uh, and it came out last December, so December 2019. So it's, it's actually been out for over a year, and um, I would say that the Sailor Moon influences in that I think are really obvious, but I would... I guess I'd want to leave it up to the the reader to sort of suss them out. And so I won't say too much, but I will say that, like, you know, in both of these, um, the main character is sort of a young, inept crybaby with, like, rainbow-colored magic um, that doesn't know a ton about how powerful they are and sort of has to figure it out through working with a a group of people with, like, semi-secret identities that kind of have to transform to access their powers. And uh, also, also... I have long believed that all of the villains in Sailor Moon are, like, kind of, like, drag queens. They're just so, like, heightened and, like, over-feminine all the time. That, I can uh, see that. that. I Yeah, I think that the fact that I wrote in my first book a, a villainous drag queen, I, I don't know if it's completely based in Sailor Moon, although it does make sense when you look at, like, Queen Helenia and, like, Galaxia and all right. of these, like, high-powered cackling ladies. Um, <laughs> it's I, I think that Posey, who's the, the drag queen in Reverie, would... would uh, absolutely sit down for them for tea hmm. i would like to see that yeah yeah me too yeah. me too yeah about bedazzled yeah so bedazzled is not a continuation of reverie it's a totally separate book it's um also young adult and it's actually a rom-com it's like a contemporary book it's um it's about two ex-boyfriends that are battling against one another in a competitive arts and crafts competition showdown at like a comic-con um the the whole book is basically centered around cosplay and like geek culture and uh and anime literally and uh yeah it's about a young artist named raffi who is super super talented at arts and crafts and cosplay and like costume construction and the thing is like even though he knows what he does is art his mother who's an actually like famous artist doesn't think that anything 
cosplay related or really even like pop culture related can really be treated as like real art right and a lot of people think that um Mm -hmm. whether or not they really acknowledge that they sort of look at like comic book conventions and fan art and fan fiction and cosplay as like derivative of the main thing when like i don't know if you're actually in on any of this if you understand like the the joy that's behind it and the artistry that goes into it and so so raffi's trying to prove to her that like what he does is real art he's gonna do this by competing in like a cosplay competition which are so cool if you ever get a chance if cons ever come back and you can attend (laughs) them you absolutely should but um but he's gonna take home the top prize um except when he shows up his like main competitor turns out to be his ex-boyfriend who he was supposed to be competing alongside but is now competing against and the reason they broke up is uh maybe cosplay and anime related and um that's all the first chapter this is like all covered very early on and the rest of the book is sort of like Mm. An exploration of like the actual competition that they go through but then it also flashes back to their relationship like how they met one another um and eventually what kind of drove them apart so yeah it that comes out in january january 5th um so it probably is out by the time folks are listening to this and i'm so excited because you know it's completely inspired by my obsessions with like sailor moon and anime and like comic book conventions and all things like geek and nerd culture so i guarantee like if you're listening to this podcast right because you love sailor moon that much like you're probably who i had in mind when i was writing this book i love that so much yeah i'm so excited (laughs) about it it's all the things that i love mashed into like a book about a breakup that i myself went through (laughs) wait was your was the this is breakup cosplay and anime related as well kind of i was with a guy for a long time who's a total sweetheart we're very good friends and, and he like knows about this but the book was inspired um because we went to a we went to Comic-Con together and we both cosplayed um but I was the one that kind of had to build the costumes cuz I'm very artsy and crafty and he he got a lot of the glory cuz he's hot basically <laughs> so I it was a very frustrating day but like also a really like fun day and I was also exhausted the entire time and I'm super anxious as a person and so it was this really interesting day of like I don't know put a lot of weird tension in our relationship because of cosplay and like anime in a way that I, I walked out of that convention center and the next day called my agent and told her about this like book idea and then I wrote it. Well, sucks that you guys, I mean, sure it's for bets, but like story idea out of it. So yay. Yeah, we, we, we stayed together for like a <laughs> yeah. year or two after that too. And this wasn't okay. the reason we, we broke up. It was, okay, got it was it. just the inspiration behind it. But And, and now we're very good friends. Um, if anyone's wondering, we had a great breakup like a plus breakup we did a good job we were very adult about it and now we're we're good friends and um the yeah the book's dedicated to him literally the book like he knows all about it it's not like it's not like my side of the story it's very much like (laughs) uh you know something inspired by our dynamic that then turned into its own story Mm -hmm. oh man that's great yeah yeah i can totally get that though because yeah that makes all the sense (laughs) thank you (laughs) you're welcome (laughs) Oh, and I saw you also um, are, have a podcast, Celebrity Book Club. What's been your favorite celebrity book so far that you've talked about on the show? Mm, so right now we are reading, <laughs> this is like, every time I say this, I feel like I'm making it up, but I'm not. We are reading <laughs> a um, fantasy novel that came out, I think in like 2012, I forget. And it's by Tyra Banks. 
the supermodel Tyra Banks. <laughs> oh my gosh, wrote a, I was not expecting that at I, all. No one ever is because it came out. <laughs> it hit the New York Times bestseller list and then immediately went out what? of print. You cannot. There's no like ebook. There's no like audio. You cannot get your hands on this unless you find like a first edition from like a used bookstore or it's in many libraries but yeah tyra banks wrote a fantasy novel during like the dystopian boom it's called model land and it's about a girl named toki de la creme who is like the only girl in all of metopia which is like the city i guess um mm-hmm. who doesn't want a chance to like be discovered and recruited to model land um which is this like glorious place in the sky also there's magic um and mm-hmm. Yeah, my, my friend Clarabelle, who's my, my co-host and the one that sort of came up with this podcast idea, discovered the book, um, called me and was like, would you be willing to read this book and uh, make a podcast out of it? And so, yeah, that, that's what the podcast is. It's literally every week we sit down with like, a new chapter and like go through it at like a reader level, but then also at like a craft level, because the both of us are, we're authors ourselves and we've had to, you know, we didn't have supermodeling careers, so we've had to find our way into publishing and um based upon like the actual books that we write and um you know for all of the faults the story is actually so funny and i it's hard to get your hands on it if you can you should read it but if you can't i don't know listen to our listen to our book club about it because that we're, we're on chapter like seven right now so um there's plenty of time to kind of tune in Oh my god, this is blowing my mind. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was like, Tyra Banks fantasy? What? Yes, yes, it's great. Oh. The back of it, hold on, I'm like looking at it now. The um I just looked it up. The did you see <laughs> that the tagline is beauty is in the smize of the beholder? Oh my god. <laughs> it's so good. It is so good. I'm like a longtime Tyra fan, and this book, um, if you're not really familiar with publishing, usually celebrities, like, have a ghostwriter write their book. Someone like me, basically, is approached to, like, write these books. And we're put under a ton of mm-hmm. NDAs, so we can't talk about it. Um, I'm fully, fully convinced Tyra Banks wrote every single word that we're reading. It is all her. Wow. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. It's great. It's, I love It is that. a treasure. I'm... We're waiting for her to find out and <laughs> send us, like, a cease and desist about it. Already, <laughs> some of the ANTM girls, like, the, her show, like, the America's Next Top Model, like, some of those girls have, like, responded to our stuff. Like, it's really funny. Mm. Like, uh, like it's become a, there's, like, a following among, like, top model fans now, which is exciting but also scary because I just, I'm just like, oh, God, Tyra Banks is going to, like, she's going to, she's going to smite us from from a top model and with like a lightning bolt of glitter. Oh my gosh, you may be grateful because you might be the only one to read it. Yeah, maybe. I'm determined. <laughs> my goal, and I tell this to Claire all the time, my goal is to get that book back into print. I think that it needs to be yeah. appreciated at like a mass market level once again. I agree. Like maybe even adaptation. Yes. Well, it was supposed to be a trilogy and I don't think they continued yeah. it after the first. Um, this is going to blow your mind. Okay. There was a theme park in the works. And the theme park what? actually <laughs> is still happening. It was about to open a whole model and theme park that had nothing to do with the book, mind you. Like, I think I'm sure it was part of the book. I'm sure the book was like marketing for it. But like mm-hmm. now if you go to like it's like modelland.com or something like that, like there's a Tyra Banks theme park and it is called Model Land. It vaguely resembles some of the things from the book, but the book is nowhere mentioned. So I, I can't tell if, like, Tyra Banks wants people to read it or not read it. It's really, really, like, a surreal thing. It feels like, it feels like, um, like an alternative universe artifact yeah. that we found this book. So I'm forever grateful that Clarabelle <laughs> called me to, to do this <laughs> podcast. And we've been having, a, a like, a freaking blast doing it. It's a lot of fun. 
Sounds like a really, either really good or really bad scavenger hunt. Like, <laughs> yes. there's, there's a theme park, there's this book no one knows about that's yes. somehow available somewhere in some places, but not really. Yeah. Oh my God. Exactly it's that. Actually, exactly yeah. that. I found a used copy and I'm very tempted to buy it. Oh my God. If you do, just just know that like I'm not exaggerating a single bit with oh, anything yeah. that I'm saying. It is as wild as, it's probably more wild than I'm even making it. I'm sure I'm downplaying it. Oh my god, I want it. I'm kind of, I'm wondering now, like, is Tyra Banks a Sarah Movie Can I get her on this podcast to talk about this book? Oh, my, I would love it if you would. We, like, my big dream is to, like, interview her about Model Land, but if she's a Sailor Moon fan, like, yes, between you and me and our podcasts, maybe we can, like, triangulate Tyra Banks into, like, into doing some sort of speaking engagement. I know... I know she. I know she would be definitely down for it if it was. Uh, if it was the right conditions, I would like to think so. She seems like a really cool, like funny person. So I can't think yeah. that she takes anything too seriously. I think so too. I'm gonna investigate this because, oh my god, yeah. <laughs> it just blew my mind. I was not expecting that. And I, was like, <laughs> I thought you guys read like autobiographies Mm-mm. by celebrities, but it's even better than i thought no we're like specifically reading fiction by celebrities because at some point in every celebrity's career like they get approached to write a book and most of them do biographies but some of them do like random like fiction so for instance Mm -hmm. like and usually the fiction is like thinly veiled biography um so like tyra banks and model land but like like nicole ritchie and like paris hilton like both have books that are about like a rich girl that's misunderstood what will she do mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. the like like kylie and kendall jenner wrote a dystopia novel that no one fucking knows about because what? yeah it was years ago and it was back when like i'm sure an agent approached and was like you guys are teens like why don't you write a book for teens like you're part yeah, of this like fam- like up, mm-hmm. up and coming family like it'll be a huge hit and i'm sure that it was and then because the book's probably awful, and because it didn't actually have any readers, it was just all marketing, like, it went away. And these books are out there, and so, yeah, our our whole our whole goal is literally to, like, bring attention to, like, this pattern, and then to also read these books and, like, like deeply analyze them, like, at a sentence level for, <laughs> for, for, you know, like you would in an actual book club. Yeah, I love that. Oh my god. It's fun. It's really oh. fun. If I don't, I'm, I'm going to get the book and I'm going to listen along with you guys. Yes. Oh my God. You must. You absolutely must. We also take like predictions and calls from readers as well, because there's Ooh. just so much like, like it turns out a lot of people have like, this is why I think that we're, we're getting Tyra Banks paid because a lot of people have bought the book in response to the podcast and are reading along oh. with us. So I, I think that, I think that, uh, I think that we're owed something. I don't know what, but hopefully it's not a cease and desist. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I'm gonna hope it's not either. Yeah. I feel like it's it might be more of a. I think it'll be positive. I'm gonna say that. I think it'll be positive. All right. Well, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. <laughs> well, we talked about a lot, but what else do you stand? And it can be literally anything, like mm. a TV show, a person, a. <laughs> a TV show. Thing. Person. Um, yeah. <laughs> let's see. All right. TV shows. I just watched The Witcher, and I really super Ooh. adored it, and I am so excited for the the upcoming season of it. It just reminds me of like Xena Warrior Princess in such a good way. It's like funny and campy, but also like magical, and I don't know. It feels pretty gay. Um, mm. People. I don't. I I didn't come to this interview prepared for for any people, but I will say that <laughs> it could be celebrities. Celebrities. Honestly, whenever when anybody ever asks me like who my favorite celebrity is, for whatever reason, Shirley Bassey comes to mind. She's the singer huh. that does um, 
Diamonds Are Forever and, like, Goldfinger. If anyone, if you get a chance, like, mm-hmm. look her up. It's been, like, a comforting thing in quarantine to, like, look up old performances of hers. Um, she's an incredible singer and, and like, definitely a kooky old lady at this point. And so, um, you know what? You know what you might know her from? Um, you know when people are like, she doesn't have the range. You know that saying? Mm-hmm. That's from somebody doing an impersonation of Shirley Bassey. <laughs> Like, that's where it comes from. Um, And through that, I sort of, like, rediscovered my love for her recently. Um, Other things that I'm super into right now, I'm also, the animes that I'm watching, um, I returned and just finished rewatching Magical Girl Madoka and Cardcaptor Sakura, and I think that those two shows, back-to-back, are really weird to watch, but... um, (laughs) Yeah, it's quite a different. Well, they're, they're, like, different, but they're also about, like young girls figuring out the cost of power and like what Mm -hmm. it means and how to manage it and it was really really fun time i i totally think that like card captors holds up it was great to watch it and also the fact that like if you actually watch it in japanese it's so gay because everyone's obsessed with the same boy including all of the other boys and that i think is just lovely and so i've been having like a renaissance where i'm re-watching a lot of the things that um I watched when I was younger, and next up on my list is, like, I'm gonna watch, like, Gundam Wing, just to, just to kind of get back into that, and, uh, that, that's mm-hmm. what I'm doing, that's how I'm spending my free time. I love that. Mm-hmm. That sounds like a great lineup. Yeah, it's been fun, it's mm-hmm. been good. Mm-hmm. Um, and what advice would you have for someone who wants to publish a book, like, you have done twice? Oh, well... At least. <laughs> that's, yeah, <laughs> it's so... I'm still not used to hearing that. Um, it's mm-hmm. weird because I still feel really new in this career and um, I'm figuring out a lot of things as I do them. There's no school you can go to or degree you can get that teaches you how to be a full-time writer um, or an author. I mean, you can get an English degree and you can get an MFA for all you want, but there's no like way to learn how to do publishing. And so I think if I have to give advice to somebody that wants to figure this out um the thing that made the most difference for me is finding authors like myself um or people ahead of me and following them on social media and also finding podcasts that um demystify like what the publishing process actually is because it's different for every single person but a lot of the milestones are kind of recognizable and so yeah if you're if you're a writer you're listening to this um my major advice is look up podcasts like um Oh, like, Write or Die is a great podcast. Actually, my co-host for Celebrity Book Club, Clarabelle Ortega, is also a co-host of that podcast. And this is, this is like, before we were friends, I we did, like, an interview on this um, and sort of became friends through it. But that whole podcast is about, like, you know, writers and the challenges that they faced and sort of how they got to where they are. Same thing with, like, First Draft by Sarah Enney. Um, there's a lot of really rich resources out there for learning about what publishing is and how to do it. Um, and... And then um, actually, like, navigating the waters of it. And I think that's a, that's important because the, the last thing and the thing that the last thing that I want for, for new writers and the thing that kind of pains me to see is someone spends, you know, years working on a book and then kind of gives up upon it because they actually get to the point where they're ready to share it, but they're just too intimidated or, um, or find out that there's just a lot more to getting published than they originally thought because it's not, you know, it's not easy. It's not simple. Um, mm-hmm. And so... This is why I encourage people to, alongside the actual act of writing, um, do your best to kind of do your homework. And that way you'll feel a lot more prepared when you get to the stage when you're ready to share your work. Yeah, that's a great advice. And I think I have subscribed to both those podcasts, so I will 
seconds that yeah oh that's so yeah. good so yeah. is this when you tell me a little bit about your writing can i ask Oh gosh, you can. Go I would love to okay. know. Oh my god, yes. I don't know. I don't know if you want to talk about it. You don't have to if you don't want to, but I think getting comfortable talking about what you're writing and working on is a good thing. So I I'm curious. And you can edit this out if you want yeah. or leave it in and people can be like, Oh my god, what what is Victoria up no. to? But I wanna know, what are you writing? It's perfect. So I am attempting to write. Um one a detective story with a young black girl. Yes. It's kinda like Nancy Drewish, but like she's searching for a missing princess. Mm. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yes. Yeah. Is and, it fantasy um, or is it contemporary? Contemporary. Ooh, amazing. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I was just like, I want something that's just like straightforward without any kind of added elements. Um, yeah so you were like a mystery and we're searching for a whole ass princess super straightforward victoria right, i guess yeah maybe not that straightforward. yeah you know your everyday yeah. mystery novel sure thing okay just didn't want dragons and such as all <laughs> <laughs> got it okay um, and then uh the other thing which i don't think i've ever spoken about out loud mm-hmm. to anyone um well on the internet i'll say i've spoken about it to like friends in like texts and stuff but um I'm trying to write my own Magical Girl um, series yes. um, inspired by hip-hop. <gasps> so we'll see how that goes. Oh, that would be cool. Are there yeah. transformations? Oh, yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I would definitely love that. Yeah. So those are my big 2021 goals. I kind of have an outline together for the detective story, and I have an outline for, like, the first few chapters mm-hmm. of the magical girl story so we'll see it's coming together and i'm really trying to i mean part of this part of asking about advice is for like other people but also for myself yeah <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. Um, yeah and i'm uh you know looking into classes to take early next year and kind of just starting to like set aside time to write because i realize that is all i need to do yeah yeah it is mm-hmm. the frustratingly but clearly most important mm-hmm. thing my <laughs> most yes, important worse. part of of being a writer is is actually is actually writing that's the most fundamental don't let yourself stop yourself from doing that yeah it's so sad it's like the words just don't appear by themselves apparently i know yeah you can have all the yeah. contacts and clout but unless you're mm-hmm. tyra banks supermodel of the world <laughs> right. that book is not going to get written and she even wrote it herself so even if you're tyra banks yeah you still gotta and... write the book yep and exactly mm-hmm. that sounds great well i i hope <laughs> yeah. that i hope that you have lots of awesome progress i'm really looking forward to, to both of those projects they sound awesome thank you i will you'll i mean you'll see i guess yes oh my god no, i can't wait ever happens but yeah really excited um thank you for asking though i don't always get asked questions so, so it's fun yeah no i i i uh i'm not far enough away from having been sort of where you are that I'm not mm-hmm. also super curious about like what people are up to. I don't know. I don't know if that'll, that'll ever go away. When the second I hear that someone's writing something, I always want to know what it is and how I can yeah. help. So yeah, no, of course. Same here. Um, I love hearing about people writing all too. Mm-hmm. Um, but on a side note, I didn't ask you this. I've seen you put a lot. You put a lot of tweets out about which kind of characters are which Sailor Scouts <laughs> for um, <laughs> Reverie. Mm-hmm. So I'm just gonna ask about Bedazzled, like. Or unless you want to answer both. You can also answer both if you want. But mm, So for Reverie, the the clearest link is that Kane, who's the main character, I think I think resembles in a lot of ways Sailor Moon. Um, although they're 
I mean, they're really different. Kane is like this like nasty little burr of a of a gay boy, um, not like this like goofy, you know, fun kind of mm-hmm. lovely cry maybe. But they both do cry <laughs> a lot. Um, mm-hmm. And then Ursula in Reverie um, is largely inspired by Sailor Jupiter because I wanted someone who was like tough and like phys- like physically tough and hard to deal with if you're the bad guy, but also someone who like stress bakes. I love that dichotomy, mm-hmm. and I think like Sailor Jupiter great great character for that you know she loves to sort of be like matronly and like take care of her friends and at the same time like that includes beating people up and like bench pressing like thugs great combo great combo so i wanted i wanted that in a character um in oh gosh in be dazzled i don't know that i have like a uh a way through this with those characters i think in part because it's hard for me to think um these characters are so recent for me, so I don't know that I have, like, a ton of perspective. I also didn't start with any sort of, like, links in mind. Although Raffi, I guess, like, he's this young, anxious, super ambitious, um, like, little kid, basically, that that's looking to kind of, like, get recognition. And something about his, like, passion and his fire feels very um, Mars to me. Um, the mm-hmm. fact that he has a really secure sense of, like, who he is and what he wants, but at the same time, like... He gets a crush and is still, like, fangirling over people. Like, I love that. And I love that um, about Sailor Mars. And so maybe, maybe that that's who his scout is. But I don't know. I wouldn't I wouldn't put that in stone. That may change. I may change my answer. Ooh, okay. Well, that's perfectly fine. <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> but thank you for answering either way. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and then, just like Sailor Moon had her, Sailor Moon said, phrase at the end of every episode what would your phrase be sailor ryan says oh my gosh um all right snuck up on you this snuck up on me i have not been thinking about this you think you think i have this i what's like a good sailor moon says that you can remember i need like i need to i need a jumping off point let's see um i think well i mean obviously you kind of mentioned it earlier like not um uh what's the word like seeing past someone's exterior and you know not making judgments yeah um something some people have said in the past on the show of late is like punch fear in the face Mm. (laughs) um let me see if i can remember other ones oh you know what Uh, i've got one i'll I'll sort of i'll reach for i'll reach for my kind of (laughs) classic tag phrase um that comes from growing up being like completely gay and then slowly being excluded from things and then deciding that well I have a way to handle that. So I would say, Sailor Ryan says, when you stop getting invited to parties, throw better parties yourself. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, there we are. That's it. Spite, yeah. <laughs> spite and revenge <laughs> are what I would be powered by if I was a Sailor Scout. <laughs> you know, that's perfectly fine. Good. Good. There's room for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> there truly is room for everybody. There's like... <laughs> There's Sailor Scouts for everything you learn towards the end of the series. Right. Like, like Iron Mouse. Like yes! That. Oh my god, Tindiaco, <laughs> Aluminum Siren. Yeah. I, was like, I was like, if these girls are here, I am also ready to be oh, yeah. a Sailor Scout. Oh yeah. This episode, well, so I'm, I'm recording these episodes in opposite, but people will hear in next week's episode, mm-hmm. um, after this episode comes out, um, I am me and Valerie Complex, who's going to be next week's guest, um, talk about how 
Like, you know those planets that have, like, random names, like X2513? Like, what if there's a Sailor Scout They've got one. They've got one, yeah. Absolutely. I want to be the Sailor Scout assigned to the asteroid that, like, wiped out the dinosaurs. Like, how, like, like, she's here. She's on Earth still. Where's that Sailor Moon continuation? That, yes, we need that. And also, like, all of Sailor Jupiter's 62 princesses just, like, floating around. (laughs) Yes! Oh my god, yeah, her her court, I want the, so this is where, like, my flash fiction comes in handy, but, like, Mm -hmm. I can just tell, like, I have so much other stuff to do, but what I'm gonna end up doing this week is, like, writing about, like, how Sailor Pluto felt reading the news that she was no longer a planet. Like, what did, did she, like, have a meeting where they're all just like, ignore it, Setsuna, it doesn't matter. And she was like, it fucking matters. (laughs) Right. It's gotta be a conversation. That conversation had to have been had. Like, Oh my god. What if she got depowered once that announcement was made? Right? Yes. Oh my god. Like, she got, like, saddled with, like, red tape that, like, and they, like, confiscate her pen and they're like, sorry, you actually don't get a planet pen. You're not a planet. You get a dwarf, (laughs) a dwarf star pen. Oh my god. No more planet power for you. (laughs) Truly. Yeah. Like, you can only use star power or crystal power. No planet power. Yeah. Like, this is what I wonder about. This, Victoria, this Mm -hmm. is what I think about all the time. I'm so glad that you're on the same page. You are in the right place at the right time. (laughs) And I do too. You should definitely, if you haven't checked it out, um, there's a comic called Moonsticks that kind of deals with a lot of these things Mm. too. And it's really funny. Oh my god, after this week's set, will you DM me a link? I would totally DM Please, I would love this. It's so great. And I think it kind of, there's one where it's like Usagi and it's like her constant transformations and like at the end she's like trying really hard to hold herself up because she has like the wings and like... Yes! Oh, (laughs) the eternal Sailor Moon wings to this day are such an iconic costume choice. I love them. Same. They're so good. So good. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of good material there. And I think they have a Pluto one too. So I'll, I'll send those to you. Not exactly what you said, but addressing her not being a <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Um, where can people find you and all of your amazingness? Uh, all right. So I'm most active on Twitter. You can find me via um, reality at reality. So R-Y-A-L-I-T-Y. Uh, I've got a website that has all of my socials on it. Um, RyanLasala.com. That's L-A-S-A-L-A.com. And, um, right now I'm most active on, I do a ton on Instagram. Um, I'm getting really into YouTube and like video making. So if you want to know more about like how to write books, how I do what I do, um, you can submit topics to me and I will make videos on them. So like right now I'm recording a video about like suspense and, um, when the reader knows something, but like the character doesn't like, how do you do that? And stuff like that so yeah that that's where i'm that's where i'm at right now i'm also i've been getting into tiktok recently too um mostly like watching Mm. and cackling at people's tiktoks because there's like a huge like anime contingent on tiktok but um but i don't know i i also have been having a lot of fun recording videos there too so yeah i'm i'm all over the internet you can't you can't miss me I love that. Yeah, I've been I've watched a few of your YouTube videos too, and they are awesome. So anyone listening to this should definitely check them out. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, and I think you kind of answered this, but what's next for you? It seems like TikToking and YouTube. Yeah, TikToking and YouTube. Honestly, <laughs> the the greatest irony of my life is that while working on a book about like passion projects and arts and crafts, I didn't get to do a ton of passion projects and arts mm. and crafts this year, and so. I've done some, but the next thing that I want to do, honestly, is I'm going to launch this book. I'm going to do a bunch of 
fun promo events and interviews and stuff like that too but i'm really looking forward to just like getting back into like all of the fun weird projects that i had i kind of had to put down when promo started for bedazzled and that includes fan fiction that includes my youtube videos um that includes art i also draw so i'm, I'm really excited about like not thinking about books for a little bit and really getting back into just like all of the other stuff that um that brings me joy nice and actually I didn't ask earlier what was the cosplay that you created that inspired oh, be dazzled absolutely <laughs> so it is i will find a photo of this at some point mm-hmm. and post it probably um probably in the next week or so because i have to <laughs> i have to like come clean about where this book came from but we um <laughs> Sal, who's my my ex um, and friend, uh, he wanted to dress up as something like elaborate and like difficult, and so he picked Hawkman from the DC universe. You probably remember Hawk mm-hmm. Girl or Hawk Woman from like Justice League, but he wanted to right. be Hawkman, and I was like, okay, well then I'll be somebody else. And he's like, no, you should be Hawkman as well. And if you're, oh. yeah, it was weird, but th- th- also <laughs> there's like canon to this. Basically, Hawkman. Th- the the joke is that Hawkman has two totally divergent backstories because they've rewritten the character so many times so like mm-hmm. if you're carter hall with a k versus with a c you're a different hawkman but they have the exact same costume so like it, it is a joke and if they're like really into the dc universe and like you see two hawkmen you get it but no one got it <laughs> so it was just the two of us running around as like hawk people during this this God. convention and it was still a blast and the costumes they weighed a ton because i had to make these like giant wings for them but mm-hmm. um to this day it's the most elaborate thing that i've ever created and i'm super proud of it that is super cool and none of that is surprising knowing what i know about comic books yeah yeah no i know <laughs> well, it's it's yeah. a it is very much a comic book themed joke <laughs> Yeah, I love that. And uh, and I also love that you, I saw you Bedazzled covers of your Bedazzled book. Yes, I couldn't help it. Awesome, I could awesome. not. Yeah. So definitely looking forward to more arts and crafts and seeing them on the internet. Yay, thank you so much. Yeah. yeah. And once again, I am Victoria L. Johnson, and this is a Sailor Moon Fan Club podcast. And you can find us at Mooney's Club on Twitter and Mooney's underscore club on Instagram. And we have merch now at Mooney'sClub.com. Woo! Yeah, and thank you, Ryan, for coming on the show. Thank you, Victoria. This is so much fun. So much fun.